Welcome to God's Pathway to Life for You. I'm your host, Dave. Today we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 2, up next. Thank you for returning to the podcast. I want to start with my prayer for understanding. Father, please hear my prayer for my listeners. Please bless them with the understanding of your word, that they hear your quiet, still voice hidden in your word, and your word becomes alive to them in a way they understand. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm glad that you returned to the podcast. I've had a lot of difficulties trying to figure out Romans chapter 2. And that's why I didn't do a podcast Wednesday, because I'm rereading and reading and rereading. And it's taken me all this time to read chapter 2 over and over and over again, pray about it. I finally got a breakthrough. And sometimes the Word of God is like that. It's so difficult that you just just have to keep plugging away at it, keep reading it and reading it and going back to it and rereading it. And eventually it'll crack open, and then you'll get a little understanding. So... uh, and I had a doctor's appointment Friday. They did a CAT scan on my stomach, told me that everything is fine. It's completely healthy stomach. There's no problems, no cancers, no tumors, no colon, no rip, nothing. Everything looks great. So I have no idea why I have so much stomach pain. But I, like I told my mother, I said, it's the spirit of infirmity. It's because I do the podcast, and I'm trying to help you people find your pathway to God. And the devil hates that, and so he come after me. So, with all that being said, and I don't like to give excuses, that's just how my life unfolds. And so, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Romans chapter 2. Before we uh, talk about Romans chapter 2, let's backtrack for a minute and look at Romans chapter 1 and what Paul had to say. First, uh, we had Paul's greeting with the Roman church in Rome. Uh, Second, Paul talked about his desire to visit the newly established church and praying that God will allow him to visit Rome soon. Uh, Third, uh, that he kept them informed of his travels, but he had other obligations to the Greeks and to the barbarians, and and that's why he hasn't traveled to Rome yet, but he was eager to share the gospel with them in Rome. Uh, Four, that the righteous will live by faith from faith to faith. He talked about the progression of faith and how we must have, we have a starting point and an ending point, which means to become like Christ, to grow in the word. Five, guilt of the Gentile world. Here we saw what happens to the lost person that willfully turned from Christ. Six, we saw idolatry to depravity. If you choose to turn from God, then God has no choice but to give you over to the things that you desire. And God will turn his back on you. Yes, you can push God away, but it's you that does that, not God. God only wants to have a relationship with you by your choice. Now, I said, now with all that said, the therefore that we see in chapter 2 means... Everything that we just talked about, remember, as you read the next chapter. So with that in mind, let's take a look at chapter 2. God's righteous judgment, which means God judges correctly every time. So when we get into chapter 2, we see the therefore right there. So that therefore means everything that was mentioned in the previous chapter, we must keep that in mind. You are inexcusable, old man. Whatsoever you that judges, wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you do you judge, 
You that judge do the same. I probably messed that up. But what he's saying is, uh, verse 1, talking about judging other people by a set of rules or standards that the person that judges don't even follow. He said, but you are sure that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them which commit such things. God's judgment is on those who do such things. That is based on truth, his word. That's what they're trying to say. And thank you this, old man, that judges them which do such things, does the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God. They're being asked, if the people who judges others, will they escape the judgment of God? Because they do the same thing. Four. Or despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, which means patience, not knowing that goodness of God leads you to repentance. What is being asked here is, what about the kindness of God and his goodness and a love for us? Isn't that being abused, put underfoot, when you know the word of God and choose to disobey it willfully? Because after your hardness and impenitent heart treasures up yourselves wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness of God's judgment. Because they judge others, they have a hardened heart and an impenitent heart, storing up wrath for the day of judgment. They will stand before God and his justice will be displayed for all. It's going to be a very powerful moment. Verse 6, who will render to every man according to his deeds. There is a book in heaven, and your name is on it. There is a record keeper writing down your deeds, your thoughts, your actions, so that you will be held accountable for the things you have done in this life. But God has provided a way out of your sins, so you don't have to go through that part alone. If you give your life over to Christ, he can save you. But even the Christians must go through this part. It's called the testifiers. Said, who will who will render every man according to his deeds? Every man is accountable for their sins. Everything you thought, thought, word, said, do, deed, it's going to be it's accounted. It's there's a record of it. To them who by patient continue in doing well, seeking for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Talking about the Christian person who by faith endures to the end of life. But to them that are continuous, selfish, and do not obey the truth, but only obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Once again, the lost person, judgment for all to see. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does his evil for the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Remember, I told you, Salvation was offered to the Jewish nation first, but they crucified Christ, put him on a cross, and God put them on the shelf, and he opened the door to the Gentiles at that moment. So you be thankful that Jewish people did turn their back on Christ, because if they didn't, you wouldn't have the gift of salvation for you. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. Another reward for the people who give themselves over to Christ. 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. God does not do favoritism. 12. 
whereas many have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Here he's talking about the lost Gentile and the lost Jew. The lost Gentile is the person without the law and will be perished without the law. And the lost and the men have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. That's the Jews. For not the hearing of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be just. Doing what is right by God is what's profitable for you and your family. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these have not the law, are a law unto themselves. Christian people do what's in the law, because it is in their heart, because the law was for the Jewish people. But when, Gent- but when Gentiles live by the law, they are a law to themselves. They are Jew. which shows the works of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also being witness to their thoughts and the means also accusing or else excluding one another. They guard their words and actions and deeds so that they don't offend God. They're bringing their, you know, their train of thought, what they, they, they're thinking, how, how they're interpreting things. You know, they don't get angry, they don't get mad, they don't jump to conclusions. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. The day of judgment when God reveals all your secret things that you had done in your life. It happens for the lost and happens for the saved. We're all going to stand before Christ as Christians and he's going to reveal our secret things that we have done. Just like the lost are going to stand before God and the secret things will be revealed that they've done. But if you repent and remove those things out of your life, you'll never see them. For the Christian person, not for the lost. You guys, you need to repent and turn your life over to Christ, and then you'll all that stuff will go away. But if you're a lost, per, a Christian, and you continue in your lostness, that's going to show up at the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, so in the next few verses, are talking about the Jewish people and how they believe that Abraham sat at the gates of hell, not allowing any Jew to pass by. So they thought they could live any way they wanted. Kind of sounds familiar. Without any consequences. But Paul said, watch out for that kind of thinking. People today hang on to their statement of faith that they made one Sunday morning and do the same thing the Jewish nation did, living a life by their own understanding without God in it. So, with that being said, we're going to read 17 down to 24 because this is uh, this is talking strictly about the Jewish leaders and Jewish people. So I think he's remembering the dealings with the scribes and the Pharisees because they were the Jewish religious leaders of their day, and they were supposed to instruct the, the people about the Word of God, but they did not live by the Word of God. If you guys remember in our last podcast, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we talked about that, how the religious leaders, the Jewish scribes and Pharisees of the day, did not they, they taught the Word of God to everybody, but they did not live by the Word of God. And so this is what this is talking about. 17. Behold, you are called a Jew, and you rest in the law, because of the Abraham thing, and you make a boast of God, because of the Abraham thing, 
and knowing his will and approve the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. So they knew and had understanding of what God is, what God was asking them, and what was required of them. And are confident that you yourselves are a guide to the blind. So they believed that they were the righteous people of their day. A light to them which were in darkness. They had the understanding. They had the enlightenment. They were the, the leader, religious leaders of the day. They knew God's word. An instructor, instructor of the foolish. A teacher of babes. Having, them, having the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. So they were the religious leaders. They knew the Bible. They knew the Ten Commandments. You therefore will teach another. Teach yourself not. So they don't even follow their own things that they teach it. You that preach, you that preach a man should not steal, do you steal? You that say man should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Do you sleep around? You say don't sleep around, and then you got all 15 girlfriends, and you're sleeping around. You that abhor idols, you don't care for idols, they're detestable, you hate them, but you do sacrilege. You go down there and you rob the the, the uh, idols, idol temples because they used to throw money at the idols, the little statues and stuff like that, and these guys used to run down there and take the money. <laughs> you that make boast of the law, you know, that I'm a Jew, I'm a Jew, though breaking the law dishonors God. So when you break God's law, you're dishonoring God. That's why I'm saying you're putting God's goodness under your foot. For the name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles through you as it is written. So the Jewish people are blaspheming God's name among the worldly people. They say, look at them Jews. They sure don't live like Christians. That's why everybody has a bad uh, connotations of Jews is because of this saying. Because they're they oh they're crooked nose they're terrible they'll rob you they're all they care about is money power and control I mean think about all the negative connotations you've heard about the Jewish nation that's because of this because they blaspheme in God they're supposed to be God's people God's chosen but they chose not to do that okay so that talked about the Jewish leaders or religious leaders of the day and how they were preaching but not uh, doing what they was preaching they were hypocrites. And Christ even called them hypocrites. Okay, so when we get into verse 25, here Paul talks about circumcision. First, first, circumcision was a visual sign of a covenant with God. The Jewish people would cut foreskin from their penis as a showing of an agreement to this covenant. But the Gentile people of the day, they did not cut any foreskin from their body. They were the uncircumcised. So in verse 25, Paul talks about the true believers in Christ, circumcision being verified, vindified, because they live out the law. But the Jew that does not uphold the law deceiving themselves and are lost just like the people of the world. So let's read this. For circumcision truly profited if you keep the law. But if you be a breaker of the law, your circumcision has been made uncircumcised. The, the Jewish people thought that the circumcision saved their life. It's crazy. 26. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keeps the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? There, the therefore is knowing that the cutting of the flesh from your penis does not save you. 
And if you're a real Christian person, you live out the law in your hearts every day. So he tells them that a Gentile can be a Jew by living life by the word of God and the law in their hearts. 27. And shall not circumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfills the law, judge you, who by the letter, having the word of God, the Bible, the first five books of the Bible, and circumcision, and that cutting of the flesh to make that agreement with God, do transgress the law. So they had the Bible. They had their covenant agreement with God by cutting the skin off their penis, but they still transgressed the law. So in this one, I say, I, I believe Paul's saying, because look, they look at a Jew. Uh, let's see. I think he's saying that the Gentiles will judge the lost Jew one day who had the letter, the word of God, the Bible, and the circumcision, the agreement, the covenant, and still breaking the law, knowing the truth, knowing that they were breaking the law by doing the things that they did. And then we get into, uh, so that was 27. So 28, for he not he is not a Jew, which is outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outwardly in the flesh. Paul's saying here, because they look like a Jew, they, they have the clothes of a Jew, they have the haircut of a Jew, they dress like the Jew, they cut skin from them like a Jew, but they're not a Jew. You know, they're, they're living life like a Jew. They got the little tassels. They got the little black hat on. You know, they, they dress in. They got the little box on their head. They got the little curls on their side of their head. They're rocking back and forth at the wailing wall. They got their flesh cut off their penis. But they don't conform themselves to the word of God. They live like a lost person or like an American citizen today. So that's what he's saying. <laughs> there's there's nothing in there it's all they're deceiving themselves there there's professing christians and there's possessing christians you know professing christians are people that profess to be christian but live a lost man's life and possessing christians are christians that curtail their life their actions to the word of god so in 29 he says but he is a jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, and not the letter, not the Bibles, but who praises among men, but of God. Remember that I told you that when you make your statement of faith, God gives you, give you and you give your life over to Christ, that God blesses you with the Holy Spirit, and how the Holy Spirit comes into your body and cuts your heart away from your flesh, and you have sin has no control over you anymore. This is where that, I get this from, this is where that verse originates from, where I tell you that all the time, that you're not bound by sin anymore, you're free. You are free from sin, you don't have to sin, you choose to sin is what the problem is. We, and that's why you got to have self-control. God's not going to come down out of heaven and say, "You, I'm going to take the sin out of you. And then the sin is drawn out of you. No. You have to restrain yourself. You have to discipline yourself. You have to teach yourself, educate yourself, restrain yourself to, to meet that mark. But God gives you the, the Holy Spirit to make that happen. Because without the Holy Spirit, you'd fall flat on your face. I'm telling you. Okay, that brings us to the end of the episode, and now I have the call to action. This week, I'd like you to share the website with somebody, godspathwaytolife.faith. Go to the website, check it out, and share it with somebody. And start a prayer list. Find people, add to it, and keep track when God answers your prayer. If you found this podcast, 
Here's your chance to join God's family. You must live a repentative life to turn from sin and evil, turn to God, His Word, His Son, and the, and the Word of God. Live a life that God has made for you before the world is ever made. So you make this statement of faith privately right now between you and Christ. You give your life over to Him. You go out and find a church, start attending the church, get baptized, submerged underwater, Make your statement of faith publicly when they give their invitation. The church will have an invitation times that anybody want to come up front and give their life over to Christ. That's that your, your moment to go down there and make a public statement of faith to give your life over to Christ. Remove sin, hatred, anger, animosity, evilness out of your life. Read your Bible. Wash that crap out of your head. Turn your life over to Christ and live a Christian life. There's only one way to survive the bad stuff that's coming, and that's under the protective wing of Jesus Christ. So, dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner, and I admit my sins have a separation from me to you. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, and God raised you from the dead. I choose today, by faith, to invite you into my heart, to take control of my life, to be my Lord and Savior. I willingly choose to turn from sin and turn to you. Please forgive me of all the sins. Wash me cleansed. Give me a home in heaven with you when I die. Change me and make me a new person. Renew my mind and help me now to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's powerful stuff. He will come. He will save you. He will redeem you. It doesn't matter what you did. Can you if you got to be able to forgive yourself. When you forgive yourself, then Christ... Everything becomes easy. Christ has already forgiven you. God has already forgiven you. You know, it's, a lot of people are hard on themselves. Forgive yourselves. Turn to Christ. Every day is a new. Every bird sings a new song. This is your chance. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it now. Okay, I invite you to live stream church services at South Heights Baptist Church. The Facebook page link is in the description box. If God has placed it on your heart to donate to a small little church in Sapapa, Oklahoma, now's your chance. Here's your opportunity to donate to a small little church and help them keep the lights on. The link is in the description box, so check out the link. Okay, that's all I have for today. Remember to say something nice to somebody you don't know because God said we were all strangers too and he loved us so. Your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.